Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international bestseller called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. On the show today, we'll be talking to a former professional classical musician and computer systems network engineer who is now a full-time astrologer, forecaster, speaker, teacher, and consultant. Our guest is William Stick Evers. William is an astrological consultant, hypnotist, life coach, and business strategist. He's been advising clients from 28 countries for over three decades with strategy and insight to live a more fulfilled life. He's also a trends forecaster. In fact, William's annual global forecasts are backed by a deep study of economies, finance, politics, history, archetypal cosmology, and modern astrological forecasting techniques. Continuously interested in the most effective approaches to self-discovery and transformation, William has studied Jungian psychology, holotropic breathwork, and life-between-life hypnotherapy. He's also a psychic medium and has been immersed in the Tony Robbins Mastery University. William is going to be one of the speakers at the upcoming Soul Summit Scottsdale, which will be held September 12th through 15th in 2019. You can find out more on his website, which is williamstickevers.com. William, a warm welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you for having me today. It was it's uh, it's an honor. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. And I get a little tongue tied in some of my episodes when I get excited. I'm like a girl on Christmas. So <laughs> to meet a new friend and find out about a world I don't know much about. So you're coming to us today from New York. Is that correct? Actually, I'm from New York. I was raised, born and raised in New York, and I lived in Manhattan for a good 15 years before relocating uh, for a few years in Silicon Valley and then uh, relocating last year, exactly a year ago, this time to Las Vegas. How nice. So I'm really a New Yorker operating within Las Vegas for all intents and purposes. Right, right. I get it. It's a great place to be, though. So would you tell us a little bit about your story? Because you are into so much that I'm not aware of and just how it all started. Because going from being a classical musician and a computer systems network engineer now into astrology, like how does it all happen? Well, basically, when I was attending conservatory in Philadelphia. I was studying with the principal clarinetist attending Temple University, and they have a conservatory within the university for um, serious classical musicians. And uh, I had a friend join the winter break of 1985-86, insist that I go to an astrologer who happened to be booked up six months in advance, and my friend was so insistent that I see this astrologer. He convinced him that um, he could see me before he officially started with his first client. And it was sometime around eight in the morning. And this was on a really cold winter day. We had to get up really early. It was a 45 minute drive. And um, of course, you know, I, it, this wasn't like a best friend I grew up with. And, you know, this is someone I knew quite well. We used to do occasional workouts because I was a bodybuilder, an amateur bodybuilder that competed, and he was um, very much part of that. But he wasn't someone who was like my best friend and said, you got to do this. So it was sort of a little strange, right, that he was so insistent, right. didn't really see me or talk to me that much between high school and my first two years of college. And um, so he, he drives me nonetheless, and uh, there I get my reading, and it's like um, – a game changer where, you know, it was something I didn't, I didn't know what to expect, but what, what I got out of it was very revealing about my upbringing, my psychological, uh, childhood, uh, had to do very much with the dynamics going on with my parents, particularly with my father and very much to do with what was happening currently with my life at the time. Um, in college and certain decisions that I were, was about to make and a certain conflicts and struggles I was going undergoing that was very well articulated clearly in a way where it would be impossible for someone to 
get this information from any third party source. There was no internet at the time, right? right? So no one could look at a Facebook page and say, okay, this is what this guy's up to, right? That just mm-hmm. did not exist in 19, in the January, 1986. So um, from the, fortunately, the astrologer recorded it all on cassette tape. And I took that cassette tape back and I started playing it. And many of the things that he discussed that would begin to unfold over the year began to unfold exactly within weeks of when he predicted they would. That's crazy. Yeah. So that, yes. So that got me very intrigued. And I said, hmm, there's got to be something to this, right? Where there's smoke, there must be fire, as they say. Mm -hmm. And so I gave that, I called the astrologer and he recommended some books. There was a Barnes and Noble downtown Philadelphia. And at that time, there was no metaphysical book section. This is very early in the, um, and this is, we, we, you know, we're still not at the point where we have like two or three sections full of tarot books and astrology books and psychic meat become a psychic medium right. books, right? They don't exist. And it was only one book out of the list he recommended. And from that book, I was able to, it was a encyclopedia on how to create your own birth chart, included all the tables and all the reference, the ephemeris and a number of other things you need to do to erect your own natal horoscope. It, it demonstrated the mathematics and it also provided um, very well-written delineations of the symbolism. So it became like my hobby. And within a year of working out of that book, I started doing little mini readings for my friends and then my professors and then I had a little waiting list and I started charging 15 bucks and I was able to pay my rent Great. and my, and my, and my uh, gas money. And it was just uh, a fun thing. And uh, I never thought about doing it very seriously because I was planning to become a musician, which I did. Went to New York, played on Broadway, played off Broadway. I did some substitute teaching uh, in music. Uh, as a music teacher for junior high and high school for for a limited period as well, and um, basically auditioning and playing uh, music as much as I could, but at the same time I continued my astrology studies and I and I found um, eventually I went back to that original astrologer and started studying with him, not knowing at the time he was a Jungian astrologer, he had a background training in Jung. Uh, young studies, young psychology, and I I got very immersed into that world, that Jungian psychological, astrological world, and from there, I continued developing my skill set, studying various different other forms of astrology, and what eventually came out of it all was I wanted to really start using astrology with computers. And at the time, there was very few options out there. There was the software was very ex- expensive. It it didn't work very well within the certain PCs that were coming out in the early '90s. So I embarked on going back to school, went to Hofstra University, and got a degree in computer programming with the intention of writing my own astrological software. I ended up hooking up with uh, Alfie Lavoy, who is uh, the president of Air Software and the Astrological Institute of Research, and started working with him and developing and beta testing software. And I started touring and selling the software, along with learning how to be a professional astrologer. And then uh, around that time, I opened my own office. I thought it would just be something until I made it big, until I won a big orchestra job, this would be something I could do instead of uh, you know, I quit, I quit teaching, I quit doing the substitute teaching gig and decided to open my own little office. And, uh, I was busy. I was busy. I was busy enough to basically, uh, cover my needs and pay my student loan. And, um, and then from there, it really just began, had a life of its own. I eventually met up with other people who would sponsor me to go speak and tour and give readings in Japan, and that became a business within itself. And then I got later on into financial astrology, astrological magic, 
Uh, I study with particular people who are experts, the top in their field, astrolocality for helping people to relocate in retirement or which school to attend, what um, learning what areas of the country would be best suited for them depending on what stage they were in life. I got later on into um, geopolitics, which is called mundane astrology. And uh, financial forecasting uh, using macroeconomic models. So there's a very strong, long history in astrology that deals with world events, predicting world events with a fair degree of accuracy, and economic forecasting that goes just beyond uh, stock market trading. So, uh, so I basically covered the gamut, and then. Recently, I got very interested in mediumship and psi and precognition, and I've been working with that quite a bit, along with life between life studies based on uh, the Newton Institute and um, working with people uh, learning hypnosis, integrating the hypnosis, the life between life studies, the precognition the mediumship, I discovered in the process uh, two years ago, I was uh, taking a course in mediumship that I was a um, evidential medium. Pretty cool. So it was a, yeah, yeah, that was something, you know, I probably would have done that right from the beginning if I knew I had that talent, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Skip the astrology. No. Right, right, right. Uh, although there's limits to evidential mediumship and where astrology can, um, you know, astrology is very effective at telling you who you are and what you need to do to self-actualize. That's something mediumship falls short of. Uh, So I think it's where we merge all these different skill sets and tools and paradigms is where we can um, become more effective as practitioners and really help people find their way. And you've studied with Tony Robbins, is that, which tells me you're somebody who's really into personal growth and transformation and us living the most powerful life while we're here. Right, right. So during that process, when I moved to New York City, I realized I was dealing with a much higher demanding quality client. And these people were on top of their game. They knew their outcomes. They were very committed. If they were given a strategy, they implemented it. And these were things that I had to learn. I, I, in order for me to be an effective coach, advisor, strategist, I had to learn those technologies and help optimize people's performance. So I had to – the only way I could do that was to totally immerse myself in the Anthony Robbins um, training, the Anthony Robbins training at the Robbins Foundation uh, for – and immerse in the results coaching program, which is really the core of it, NLP and optimal performance technologies. Wow, really interesting. I want to talk a little bit about um, astrology. When I, years ago, somebody recommended an astrologist and my brain went to, I'm an Aries, what are they going to tell me, right? And so I trusted my friend because she says, you've got to talk to this guy. And I, I spoke to him just briefly on the phone, just gave him some details about myself. And he sent me a, two CDs that were so specific on so much about my past and my future. And I've kept these CDs and the things that he said were so right on. And you talk about Jungian psychology. This man seemed to me so well trained in psychology and life coaching. And I thought, this is not the world that I assumed was astrology. So can you just talk a little bit about what astrology is? Yeah, this is uh, not an easy thing to explain because <laughs> I get we're that. really dealing, we're really, it's almost like explaining what, what is physics, right? Right. It's almost, right? So what we're really dealing with with astrology is the psyche. So astrology is um, the symbolic, a symbolic system of determining the status and contents of one's psyche and how that psyche is likely to manifest and self-actualize during the course of one's life. So that's the core of it. And astrology deals with the archetype, the, the realm and that has been defined so clearly by Cole Jung, which started with Freud, but Cole Jung really developed it out, is the, the realm of the archetypes, the domain of the archetypes. 
So that has to do with looking at archetypes in themselves. For example, Mars would be an archetype. The sun would be an archetype. Aries would be an archetype. The zodiacal signs would be an archetype. They represent certain a certain set of intelligence, a certain set of 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 quantities and qualities that are immutable and and and, and timeless, right? So the qualities of the sun, the qualities of the sun in terms of of the principle of manifesting destiny, the sense of destiny, right? The moon, the sense of nurturing, the sense of connecting, the sense of mothering, right? These are universal. Um, these are universal principles. So we're, when we talk in astrology, what we're really dealing with is the archetypal realm. But that archetypal realm has many different levels and layers. It deals both with the personal psyche, but also with the collective or transpersonal psyche. It deals both with the conscious and the unconscious. It deals with the ego and it also deals with the shadow. These are different components. So there's many different aspects and components to our to one psyche and how that the the construct of it, the mapping of it is what the astrology, the symbolic system of astrology and its methods and techniques all are based on this type of archetypal, this invisible ordering principle this archetypal invisible ordering principle. And this is something that has been continuously developed. The concept of, of archetypal astrology, astrology in itself goes back about 5,000 years, right? So it's something that Jung started finding, he started seeing correlations between people's particular neuroses and their astrological charts. In fact, he would draw up an astrological chart and use that chart as a reference in his treatment and analysis with patients and clients. Wow, I didn't he, know that. Yeah. So this is something he was he was a quite in-depth astrologer. He would also he would also look at particular transits when certain planetary bodies in the sky are going to make an aspect to one's own planets in their own natal chart. So one's natal chart is immutable, right? So the planets in your chart are a snapshot at a particular moment, time, and date. And the chart never changes. But what does change is the planets over time will be making aspects to the chart, the symbols in the chart, right? And we happen to know with because of astronomy and mathematics and calendrics and our computers, we know when certain events will occur. Certain astrological archetypal events will occur that will correlate with developments, intimations, behaviors. Uh, it will trigger certain. Um, it will trigger certain events, or it will draw and attract certain people and events. We know when that will happen. We can describe with about a fair degree of accuracy of what that will be. That would be called a prediction, right? So this is essentially what Jung was doing. He knew what the psychological complex, the psychological history was going on during the childhood of an individual based on their birth chart. He knew what the source of the neurosis was. He had the context based on what the client was telling them in the therapy, but he knew when a particular period uh, where certain personal breakthroughs would occur or breakdowns would occur based on the current transits in the sky. And he would then uh, be able to modify or or to um, frame out how he was going to do the therapy. His, his therapy, the Jungian therapy, is very unique for the individual, right? Uh, and and astrology is a good chunk of how that is achieved, how that is determined. What is the pathway for one to come to integrate these elements of their psyche that are causing all this all these all these problems in their life, right? And what Jung was good at. Unlike modern psychology today, 
is he would bring out the person you're to become. In the therapy, you would become that person, not the person that's supposed to just pay his taxes, be compliant, vote only Democrat or Republican, never ask questions, do what he said, all right? Uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, reduce the individuation. In fact, Young would say, well, maybe with this type of chart, you shouldn't be married. Or maybe with this type of chart, you really do need to be living in a city where people are experimenting and it's much more liberal in, in, in the social, you know, in a much more socially liberal area where someone else would need to be, um, it'd be more appropriate for them to live in a completely different environment or to or maybe the partnership would not be appropriate based on uh the type of chart that they would have to seek certain different types of partners based on what they believed was appropriate for them what in terms of their upbringing in terms of their religion so it's very much about individuating not just simply integrating and becoming better behave not behavioral modern psychology but it's really an archetypal psychology of individuation and fully developed self-actualization. This is pretty cool, William, and I don't think the world as a whole has really embraced the power of astrology like this. And I, so I'm really excited that we're talking. And of course, my mind goes back to my astrology reading many years ago that it's like, holy cow. <laughs> I, I, at the time, I thought, oh, I don't know. And then it, it's all coming true. And so do you, can I assume like back in the day you started with the book and now you probably have computer software and you get information from your clients and create a chart that way? Yes. I mean, I use today we, you know, my only books are, I have reference books. It's all, right, astrolog- I know. It's, it's all computer driven. <laughs> yeah. 2019. So the software we could do today what astrologers, even the best astrologers in the world, even Nostradamus can't even come close to what astrologers can do today, ones who are trained, ones who are talented, ones who are intuitively, intuitively gifted or work on their intuition, right? That's And combined with the type of ast- uh, astrology software that we have and the data sets of, of week, you know, and the research. So today... With today's software, today's computer, with the internet, we have data on on we have we have tremendous data sets, we have tremendous research um, resources that we can access. We can correlate, for example, uh, what makes a great musician. We can look at the chart of five hundred world class musicians. We can determine very quickly what particular portents in their horoscope they would have to have against against a um, you know, what, what was consistent about all 500 of these, right? And what's the probability that they would have these testimonies against the random group? Then we could black box, we call it black box, we could black box those um, particular aspects and quantities importance that they had and then run that against an entire group of, of or against the client or against the group of people and say, what's your propensity of becoming the next Elvis Presley or the next John Lennon? We can do that. We can do that with scientists. We can do that with politicians. What's the probability you'll become a great president if you would, if you were to be president, right? We could do all of these things now. People who've lived over 100, what's in their chart that's not in other people's charts? We could look at life expectancy. We could look at divorce probability. We could look at business success, business failure. We have now reached a level where we can quantify these things uh, statistically and then uh, through the computers and, and encapsulate and black box them for forecasting and for diagnostic purposes for vocational assessment and so we could look at this stuff now from that standpoint we could look at where the dow jones industrial <clears throat> has been for the past hundred years and see every time when it's gone up three percent six percent has made six percent drops and we can find out when the next big crisis is going to happen or when the next big boom is going to happen. So we can look at all of these things today. We can see what what is people who commit suicide, right? What is driving them to do that astrologically? Not only important in their chart, do they have a propensity for it, but when did it occur? What transits were occurring in the sky that got them to take action to drive them to suicide? 
So we could see that as well. We could, and so we can determine these things. And once we have those data sets, we and those we understand the rules, as they say. We can then help people get more informed about where their strengths, where their weaknesses are, where they're what they're good at, what their life calling is likely to be. Right? That's a big one today when automation, AI, and computers are going to basically take out 60% of the workforce by 2030, not too far away. So we we could do all of these things. And then the most important thing is really what is your soul's code and calling? Because really that's what the chart is. We were talking about what is astrology. Astrology is the symbolic, the symbolic system of the soul. Of, and the soul, the soul itself, and the various different components of soul, would be the soul's code and calling. Everyone has a set of mission parameters, challenges, lessons, certain things they must achieve. So this is all encoded into the chart, and we know when those particular periods of life are going to be more faded than others, and when you're more likely. Uh, where certain periods where we're called upon the, by fate, by destiny, by our soul's code and calling to fulfill and act self-actualize our life according to what we originally agreed to come in and do prior to birth. This is all very, very cool. And I'm so glad we're having this conversation. And for our listener, William has been rated with a very high accuracy. <laughs> so I think it's, it's, it's wonderful. And I don't doubt that you use your intuition and all that stuff to just put the icing on the cake with the stuff that you get from the charts. Um, do you still believe that we have free will, William? To a degree, but most people don't execute it. Many people execute only a small percentage of their free will. I'll give you an example. I could take two or three people, show them, you know, I was a bodybuilder and I still am a bodybuilder, although I'm not competing today. I still enjoy going to the gym and, you know, trying to stay in phenomenal shape and do everything I can, all right, uh, to stay fit, right? Because I'm committed to health and fitness, right, primarily. However, there's people that I've trained back in the day and even advise to this day, right? And they'll go to the gym and they'll find they'll quit within, you know, halfway through the workout or where others will complete the workout and someone else will exceed. They'll, they'll really push themselves and they'll make sure they, 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 within a half hour of training, they, they, they give nearly 90% of what their capacity is every time they're there. Right. And within three months, they transform their bodies and the other people who've been there, they stop going after two weeks or a month. Right. To go back to eating junk again. Right. They know better, but they don't do better. Right. So that's free will. You know, you are given. Right. The advice, the counsel, the instruction. Right. Right. But how much do you execute? How consistent are you in your behavior? Right. Most people execute very little. That's my, that's mm-hmm. my opinion. So when people go, Oh, well, we have such free will. Well, maybe you do, but how much, what are you really doing with your time? All right. Are you all right? And most people are not outcome driven. They don't have any clear sense of purpose by what, by what they're doing. All right. What are they doing? And why are they doing? Why are they doing it? Most people cannot even tell you that. Ask most people what they really want. What do you want to achieve in the next three years? They'll go, uh, uh, well, you, you know, they don't know. I want to be happy. Know. Yeah, no, totally no idea. Right, no idea. They have no idea what happiness – well, what does that mean to you, all right? And, and first of all, happiness is really more of a purpose. It's not an outcome, right? Right. All right, so this is what we're talking about here. When, you, when we talk about free will and I say, okay, tell me what you want in the next three years, all right, and you cannot tell me. Within four sentences in 30 seconds, you're not executing very much free will in your life. Gotcha. So I help people execute the free will that is indicated based on their chart, within the constraints of their chart. Because no matter how much you want to be the next Brad Pitt or Angelina Jolie, Mm -hmm. that's probably not fated or destined for you. You're barking up the wrong tree, right? I don't care how a talent you talented you are. So, you know, 
what I'm getting at is that most people are not being all that they can be because they're executing very little free will. They put their lives, their charts, their psyches into default mode and let society and their parents and their religion and that eighth grade teacher that just saw no value in you determine what you could and could not do. And that's that's where we that's the level most people and I'm not trying to sound elitist here. I'm just no, telling no, you what I get I've, it. Yeah. I get it. I've seen people transform and I can just imagine people that are told, yo, you need to be a doctor or do whatever the family business is. And then you work with them and you say, you're really prone to art. And I see you working with your hands and da, 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 da. And that person going, oh my God, I've always felt that way. It's because that's what's in their chart. And I see you getting people back on track or putting them on the track they were meant to be. And then they can enjoy a life, you know, obviously with free will and hard work and we're not just given things or giving opportunities, I think. Um, but you get people on track to who they are and what their life purpose is. So I think that's a, it's a huge gift. What you do. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And I really believe that's really what astrology is about. Now, astrology is, is not limited to that. Right. Astrology can also forecast about what's going on in the larger world, such as the body politic of a nation or the or the body politic of the world in terms of the larger uh, geopolitical and economic cycles. And, you know, people to give people a perspective and a framework. What is really allowing mainstream media, corporate controlled news determine the worldview about what's how the world is and how it ought to be? So. Uh, that's very important as well because uh, astrologers uh, used to do that over the past 2,000 years. And then what happens is the 60s counterculture movement took over. Astrology got revivified by that movement. But the hippies who eventually became you know, Republicans and Democrats and activists uh, as they entered middle age decided to be anti-political because of the very roots of of when they discovered astrology. And as a result, astrologers have veered away from looking at the larger geopolitical cycles, economic cycles, looking, uh, making statements about the world and, and the um, development of civilization, human civilization. So that's a new thing now where we have in the archetypal transpersonal astrology we have today, we are also talking about things that very much deal with what we're confronting, a world where we are becoming a technological civilization, where the awareness that we're not the only civilization in the universe is going to be fully disclosed. It's been partially disclosed, but fully disclosed is imminent. Wow. And we're no longer going to be operating on the same fossilized fuel-driven Adam Smith macro fiat currency fractional reserve lending banking model that we've been operating on for over the past hundred years either. We're moving to a completely new way of life. The astrology has been predicting this. It's, it's demonstrating this. And we're able now to give people a perspective on when we're in these transitions, why such chaos is going on, why these type of breakdowns occur historically before we have breakthroughs you have Always to have a breakdown before a breakthrough and usually a big one so that makes right. sense right so you had to have the black death right before you had the reformation and the renaissance to follow you had to have some breakdown we could go back in history and we could find this over and over again and right now we're going through this type of breakdown where the 21st excuse me the 20th century or let's say the 19th 20th century model is completely breaking down. The paradigm that defined the postmodern period is completely breaking down in medicine, in physics, in science, in economy, in politics, right? Two-party system, right? There's no other way. That's completely breaking down. So people are having neurotic breakdowns in, co in coordination with this larger breakdown because it's not only the fact that they're not clear about what they are, who they are, and they're 42 years old, and everything's just hit a standstill, and they're on the verge of divorce or bankruptcy. But it also is correlating with the fact that we have the world 
basically coming apart at the seams. It's correlating at the same time because the astrology is impacting both the personal and the collective. William, do you, with everything you do, because I know you're one busy man, do you still make time to do personal astrology consulting with people if people are interested? Well, that's that's the core of what I do. Okay, good. I do, you know, I mean, so I don't call it readings. I call it consultations. consultations. I mostly, yeah, I mostly have retainer clients. Many clients who want to work with me once, once or twice a month, sometimes once every three months. I have different types of retainer packages where they can, I can help uh, be their advisor, their coach to to to, to be their, uh, uh, you know, I will also be like a, a, a objective third party analyst, you know, and critiquing mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. because I let them. You know, I let them know I don't think this is going to work, and I think this is a bad idea, right? And if you want, right? So they know that when they work with me. Um, the the most important thing is I help people self actualize when they decide this is it. I want to like sort of catch up to myself. I've been like faking, extending, and pretending my life for forty years. Now I want to get and really be who I want to be. Then they start working with me, or they go to me to get a reading, and they really see that hey, you know. Uh, you're telling me everything I sort of know, but now you're giving me an idea what I, how I can make that happen. And um, again, it takes a lot of moral courage. A lot of people just want to sit back, get enlightened, get a mediumship reading, have every, you have their grandmother tell them, you know, what they need to hear, and 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 then go back to binge watching on Netflix. It doesn't work <laughs> like that. No, it's interesting because a lot of we talk, what we talk about on this show is the evidence of the afterlife, which is great. And if we don't die, who are we and what is our life for? And I'm 53 now. I know the clock is ticking on my life. When I shut my eyes the last time here on planet Earth, I want to look back and say, you know, I gave it my all. I really got my money's worth out of life. So I see who you are for people is when they're ready and, and we get this, like, how do I have the most of my experience here on earth? Who am I meant to be? You help get them on track and you help nurture that. And I asked you about being a consultant for people because I know the feeling I have inside and it's like, oh, I want to talk to you personally. You know what I mean? And so I, I have a lot of listeners and I can't help but think that there'll be some people that go to williamstickevers.com and just find out more. And then also, it's not just you just doing a chart. Be, based on your training and everything you're up to, I mean, I have a funny feeling you're one fine coach of a person, you know, to really help people be who they say they are and what their chart shows them as. So I really give you kudos to all that you're doing for mankind. And I, I really do love this conversation. But I want to ask you, too, your belief on the afterlife and perhaps how on an astrologist chart, astrology chart, can you see that there's going to be any shift in um, mankind's belief in the afterlife or really supporting it? I think that's happening now. I think there's a revolution going on in, in the afterlife. I mean, just the, um, just based on the research of Michael Newton, the Newton Institute, and uh, along with we're seeing uh, a resurgence of mediumship now, uh, and uh, the many people include reincarnation or life between life, and mediumship is part of their um, self exploration uh, process. So the. See, the thing is, is that um, we have to realize that the the mechanistic, materialistic, uh, bio, uh, the mechanistic, materialistic, Cartesian paradigm that has defined a postmodern worldview, right? The worldview that we grew up in, being educated in the seventies, eighties, right, is completely falling apart. We know this. We see this with quantum physicists, where they realize that there's actually two quantum realities occurring. When they analyze, you know, two bonded protons, right? They they see how these quantum experiments, what they assume to be true, is falling apart. Like the universe is not so. The universe is not even. There's nothing deterministic about the universe to begin with, mm-hmm. right? So we're seeing a completely new worldview emerge, and I I 
And part of that worldview is the um, non-local consciousness and the existence of non-local consciousness or the, con- the continuity of non-local consciousness after death. So not so. I mean, it's basically been established by uh, parapsychologists, paranormal researchers uh, that consciousness is non-local and that non-local consciousness likely based on all of the evidence they're putting together continues right, right. however um until we don't the problem is simply this uh you i'm sure you're aware of remote viewing right yes very much okay so. mm-hmm. right i'm a very good film for everyone to watch i'm going to recommend this this will totally uh enlighten you and inform you about what our government maybe Maybe your senator or congressman doesn't believe in extrasensory perception or mediumship or or life after death, but the government does because they are using it for uh, espionage purposes, for mind control, for political control. They're using it to basically for uh, uh, apply perception management uh, of the population. And this was clearly articulated in the third uh i I think it was called um third eye spies based on the work of of um based on the work that came out of the sri in the early 70s 1973 with russell targ and um and and uh hal put off but the point i'm trying to make is is that both physicists that basically jump-started that program that was funded by the CIA stated after the results were totally in and after we basically bailed out the CIA and the president on certain missions, on certain things that had to be achieved by the remote viewing team, and none of these people on the team were professional psychics, by the way. The people who basically did the majority of the work were not trained professional psychics at all. And had a 78% or higher accuracy rating, right? The problem comes down to this, that the what was occurring does not, cannot be included in the certain, cannot be included in the current model of physics that quantum physicists, relativity theory physicists, or Newtonian physics. The current understanding of physics today cannot, does not include psi, the paranormal, mm-hmm. the the astrological effect or astrological heredity, it, it does not include it. That's the problem. Once we have a model that can include that, right, then it will be accepted by mainstream science. But that's the problem is what they teach in school precludes any any type of paranormal psychic phenomenon completely. Even the intuitive process of the brain, because the brain supposedly generates consciousness. So consciousness cannot be non-local. So as long as we have this postmodern worldview paradigm dominating both academia, being pontificated over and over again by the mainstream media, it will never be accepted until there is a breakthrough in physics. Interesting. I've personally studied with Russell Targ on my journey of what's possible. And there were probably 60 people in the class. And nobody knew anything about remote viewing. Everybody gave it a shot. Everybody could do it different degrees. But when I could tap into the past, the present and the future, in my brain, I thought, okay, what else is possible? So I find this very fascinating. And it's interesting that you say, you know, we need a new model and physics is the way because it's got to happen. And, you know, hopefully you can tap into that with astrology. Well, (laughs) you know, astrology. Tipping point will happen. Well, astrology is essentially remote viewing in a way Mm -hmm. because we we know when a particular aspect, when a, a particular transit or progression is going to occur. We could look at the computer or open our ephemeris and say in the year 2023, you will uh, – such, such and such person will undergo a particular astrological dynamic right. that will be occurring. We know that. Then the astrologer uses intuitive induction 
in order to speculate what that future scenario will be. So it is a form of remote viewing. Instead of getting a, a tag number, an eight-digit tag number, and saying, okay, what is this object? Draw it out. Where is it located? All right. Uh, it, right. And you get this number and then everybody draws it out. And it's and it's something that hasn't even been selected yet. Right. <laughs> That's right. the amazing part. Instead of that, we're looking at a birth horoscope. But better yet, we don't even need the birth horoscope. We know when major out of planetary alignments are going to occur in the sky. And we we know when that's going to happen, but we don't know what impact it will have on the world. So we could give an astrologer a date and say, here's a date, 2025, right, on this date, Saturn-Neptune conjunction. Tell us what that is going to mean for the world. So, you know, they could do it the left brain way and look it up. What does Saturn-Neptune meant historically if we go back in terms of the economy, in terms of politics, in terms of social development – Right, they could do that, or they could do the right brain approach, where they can intuitively infer what that would mean for the planet or for the country, right, for the economy, etc. So that's another form where remote viewing is not that different than astrology. So it has an intuitive, or I call a side component to it that the astrologers don't want to talk about, but I'll talk about it because. You know, I realized that not early, but later in my development in my career. Is the chart that was done on you way back when coming true? Like you're actually seeing yourself as this person and going, holy cow, here I am. Well, you know, in my case, I ended up, I have a lot of different talents in different areas. So, you, you know, so... Yeah, you know, and so I'm not like your typical guy who just, you know, <laughs> just got a degree in something, decided not to use the degree and go into something else and right. then basically rode that out until retirement, which is really what I see most of the time. I had like three or four different careers. And so, you know, my chart showed that, right, that you needed to be all these things. And how we, how are you going to explain that to a 21-year-old or 20-year-old? Right. I think it was 20 at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you explain that to a 20-year-old, how things are going to turn out? So, um, you know, it's it's like, look look at Arnold Schwarzenegger's chart. What is Arnold Schwarzenegger? Is he a bodybuilder? Is he a politician? Exactly. Is he a producer? Is he a real estate mongrel? Is he a mogul, I should say? Is he uh, is he you know, is he a celebrity? Is he, he's all these things. Is he a billionaire? Yes. Is he right? So he, he, he's, he's a movie star, you know, so like, how could you tell him at 20 years old, this is what you're going to be. Right. What gives you the most passion these days? What are you most passionate about? You know, that's a good question. I'm sort of like trying to, you know, I, I feel that people go through they life and they find different passions for them, you know, definitely. I know that for myself. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sort of rediscovering what that is. I think for me, it's really uh, working with people and seeing them really uh, bring their life up a few notches. Uh, that's one of it. Uh, one of them, you know, one of those things. I've, you know, I've always very passionate about improving the quality of life, getting people to help, getting people to make better informed decisions and not, not only decisions, but to take action on those decisions. So I think really that's the key thing because you really don't find your destiny unless you're really executing on decisions. And that's the biggest problem. Most people make a decision and let it sit. And uh, the biggest problem is getting people to make an informed decision. The second biggest problem is getting them to take action on it. And that's where the free will comes in, right? How many people are really executing on a decision? And here's the other thing. The difference between a Bill Gates and someone who's basically struggling with low aims and a regular paycheck is that Bill Gates will make a decision and take action immediately or within within minutes. Someone else who's like, you know, moderately successful will take a couple of days. Someone else will most people will take weeks to months and some people will never make a decision. So it's really not just taking action, but how soon do you take that action? Right. That's where free will comes in as well. Yeah. So I think that's the big thing. It's like if I make a decision, 
because I know what I know and because I, I, you know, I practice what I preach, I execute that decision within minutes or to hours or within the same day. Sometimes it's not always possible. For example, Mercury is retrograde right now. So Mercury retrograde periods for the past three weeks, it'll be that way until the 28th of March, is good periods or good times to reassess things, to do research. Uh, it's generally a period where we have to reframe what we're doing. Not a good time to make a decision and take action on that decision. It's actually a time when we have to go and take off things on the take off, address those things on the back burner that we haven't that we were making decisions on, on the verge of making decisions on, and reviewing them one last time before we go forward again, right? One step back or two steps back, one giant leap forward. So that's an example how you can integrate astrology, knowing when the Mercury retrograde periods are, and not taking action on making a decision on, on where we need to probably get more informed. What we're hearing in the news, for example, about the latest uh, uh, report that came out, right? Probably because it's Mercury retrograde, we're not going to get that information. We're going to find out what they say forthcoming is not going to be accurate when, when we look back later on. So what we're hearing now ultimately is not going to be historically accurate or decisive or politically relevant to what's going to happen a year from now. We know that just because of the astrology, right? So it's it's this is always astrology can be utilized with other um other practices, other uh, methods of, of, of self-actualization. William, this is really great information, and you've done so much work. I know you'll be speaking at the September Soul Summit in Scottsdale. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're going to be speaking about there? Well, yes. So what I'm going to be talking about there is a little bit on what we touched on in this interview today. And that's going to really be going into the nitty gritty of what the soul's coded calling is in relevance to my understanding of it, both as someone who has a certain degree of training and mediumship experience as well, and someone who's been an astrologer who's been able to look at thousands of charts of people over the years and how their charts unfolded, how their destiny has unfolded based on their birth charts and how that very much correlates with the um, the part the, they call it a priori doctrine of 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 the of the soul right of the soul in terms of how um, the Greeks looked at it right how the um, the Greek the Greek philosophers in antiquity antiquity in particular so I'm going to basically put it within a 21st century context of framework and present to people that the most important thing in your life is self-actualization according to your soul's coded calling, according to your chart, right? And there's all different ways to do that. And we have all these wonderful tools, right? And I think what most people want to know is besides the fact that they, there is an afterlife and connecting with a loved one on the other side, I think after that initial um, after that initial process is achieved, after that's achieved, and they come to recognize right that, then the next question always becomes, so what do I do now? Right. What about me? What is it about you, right? And people want to know if they're on track with their life. A lot of people come to me and say, listen, am I on track? Or if you put them into hypnosis and they meet with their spirit guides or the council of elders, all right? the very people, the very entities that they, that helped uh, design the life that they currently chose to live in, right? They want to know if they're on track. So this is where astrology can really work with the, the metaphysical side community and in a more empowering way where it's not so much I'm living out, you know, uh, it's not so much about f uh, free will versus determinism which is the way astrology was framed in this postmodern worldview, that where does the astrology end and the free will begin, that complete approach is flawed because we know the, the universe is not deterministic and we know that free will is something that is not encouraged or trained 
or or very schooled or people have very few models of what free will is. We see this with people who exceed, break the odds, who achieve high positions of life, who end up not just doing one thing, but five things successfully, mm-hmm. right? We know, we see those in the one percenters, I call them, the one percent, the top, the top people who achieve, right? No matter what their schooling is, no matter what their background is, no, right? They seem to know and execute the same things regardless what time frame, what period, right? They, they all ha- have something very consistent about them. So I'm going to talk about that within a spiritual context, that when people are off track and they're binge watching on Netflix and they're eating lots of Cheetos and they're 30 pounds overweight, you know, and these are all symptoms that they're off track with their soul's coding calling. They are not in alignment with what has been agreed upon, which they agreed upon mm-hmm. to do in this life. They, 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 they're, you know, so these are all symptoms. All of this uh, opioid crisis, right? This yeah. is, all right, this is not only, this is a, this is a spiritual, a moral failure, not just on a part of government, but by society and by people in general and by the very institutions, right? So this has to do with the soul sickness because we are off track as a civilization, not just people. We're off track. We're not where we need to be, where we should be technologically, socially, ecologically. Look what we're doing to the planet. Look how we've utilized all the fossil fuel resources to the point where the next war will simply be about that unless we game change it. This has nothing to do with a lack of technology or a lack of skills or lack of anything it has to do with a moral failure that we are off track with ourselves and we need to get more rigorous about that but we need to get more informed and that's part of what i'm going to be talking about excellent and just with a couple minutes left can you just talk about your website there's a lot that you have there and how people can get in touch with you because i know you have a facebook page too and linkedin and youtube channel Right. I'm on Facebook, YouTube, WilliamStickEvers.com. All my services are there. I have a lot of good information on my blog. I keep. Uh, I talk a lot about what's happening with the world uh, from an astrological viewpoint and make predictions. I make a lot of predictions because I know the proof's in the pudding, right? If I don't make a prediction, if 80% or greater of my predictions don't come to pass, you know, astrology really doesn't have any relevance. Right. So, Right. So I basically and I give a lot of um, I'll be including more of the psi element. I'll be talking about more about remote viewing. The astrology of remote viewing is one of one of my projects. Uh, And also uh, one of the one of my focuses is going to be I'm going to be taking a deep dive in advanced uh, pre advanced control precognition. So um, I'm going to be doing working very hard on that. And uh, integrating that more into my blog, into my communications on my social media, and getting people informed and giving them the perspective. It's the most important thing is to have the perspective. Like, why the hell is everything seems to be falling? You know, we're, why are we, you know, in this tumble, right? Where we seem to be going through this type of unraveling process. So um, I feel like, you know, one of my passions as well, it's going back to that, is really talking about that like talking about what's happening in the world from a larger perspective that goes way beyond mainstream media pontifications and partisan bickering really looking at it from a broader view to understand how everybody's playing a role if you're alive today you have decided to somehow play a role in this global transformation pretty right? cool but you have to realize you have to realize, everyone has to realize mm-hmm. that there's the breakdown before the breakthrough. Mm-hmm. So whether it's going to be a breakdown and a complete collapse or a breakdown and a transformation and a renaissance to follow is really up to all of us, all of you listening, right? You need to play your part. And 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 that means you need to get on track, stay on track with your life, you know, make not just make spiritual health and fitness as as important as going to the gym, right? So, you know, uh, really, that's really, I think, the bigger message and what I'll be putting on my website more over, over the forthcoming year. Wow. William, thank you so much for being our guest today. 
Oh, you're very welcome. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak today. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again and meeting you. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting. This is episode 304. And this is our first talking about astrology. So what <laughs> a fantastic person to have delivered this message. And it is my stand that more people know about this because it's it may not be what we thought of astrology when we were kids, and it's much more than just an astrological sign. I mean, this is a great science and a great resource for living life powerfully. So thank you again. Thank you, Sandra. Again, it was a, it was a pleasure, and I really look forward to meeting you and doing this again with you sometime in the future. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. And for our listener, thank you for spending this time. A reminder, go to williamstickevers.com. You can find all kinds of great information there. Our home base is We Don't Die Radio. Dot com, And we now have 304 great episodes, not just about the afterlife, but as you can see by this episode about living life. And if you'd like to join our, our Facebook group, you can find We Don't Die listeners on Facebook. Also on We Don't Die Radio.com, you can join what I call the Insiders Club. That's just our mailing list. And I don't send you too much email, but I send you some good things from time to time. But as a gift, I'll give you my free audio called How to Survive Grief. I've got a PDF called My 19 Reasons to Believe in the Afterlife. And it says read several chapters of my book, We Don't Die. But as my gift to you, it is the whole book. So it's there. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain, and I'm always so happy to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. So like William said, take action on your decisions. That's so, so important. Really want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.